I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Hackers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by my old buddy, my old pal, Mr. Runji. What's going on? Your introductions are getting weirder and weirder, I have to say. I know, right? There was, there was something, it was like you were trying something different there. I, I don't know what you were going for. I, like, I sort of liked it. <laughs> In a weird way? Yeah, it was a bit odd, but I can't, you know, that's fine with me. It's like when I, when I tasted dry roasted penis for the first time. wasn't too sure of them. Wasn't too sure. Now, do you know what? I always used to be. Yeah, I always used to go into a pub, always have dry roasted, and then mm. one day I sat there and went, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah. So I don't know. I seem to have gone off of them, and I've gone back to peanut. Although I'll tell you what I do like What's that? is a nice, the the, the honey honey coated peanuts. Oh yeah. Them? Honey roasted, I guess they call it. Yeah, and they add salt in, and you're like, oh, a bit uh, salty and sweet. Don't know, don't know how I feel about it. I thought now, uh, being a British bulldog, you'd have pork scratchings or something really well, tommy. Pork scratchings are good, yeah. And I do like, um, certainly on game days when I'm playing football, then uh, I always have a couple of bags of beef jerky, you know, just to get the energy up. Do you know, what put me off pork scratchings, I was over in, I was over in England once, a little old Irishman. Hello, old Paddy. And I went into a pub, I got pork scratchings and some of it had hair. So They're the best it. ones because the hairy ones are always the ones that are creamy inside. That is disgusting. That is absolutely vile. I don't want to eat a food you can pet. You know what I mean? I don't want to eat a food that you can braid its hair and call it Tommy and feed it out the back. I'm not dealing with the, it. The idea with them is not to look. Just chuck them in and see what happens. Bit sexy. Uh, yep. How was your week anyway, buddy? What's going on? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Had a game day yesterday. Won a couple of games. Uh, scored a few touchdowns, including one where I went almost length of the field. A bit like uh, James Harrison. I needed the oxygen at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also managed to get ejected, so that wasn't great. Um, what did you get ejected for? Apart from that, oh, basically, I pulled a guy's jersey and he fell over. Is essentially what happened. Okay. Um, so it was all a bit nothing really. But this is the bit that winds me up about it. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, I've gone, I've had my shower, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the bar. Mm-hmm. And next to me at the bar is the quarterback of the other team. And he goes to me, yeah, I've got to say that that you being ejected for that, you know, that was borderline, it's a bit harsh. And I know for a, for a fact, because we heard him or my teammates heard him, he was the one in the referee's ear going, you've got to eject him for that. <laughs> and here he is at the bar looking me in the face. What Just a slimy hero. two-faced crap I've ever heard. So... That was disappointing. So, um, yeah, a bit annoying. Um, and then basically today I've been recovering from a hangover. Oh. Uh, so there is no beer on the podcast today because I'm only just starting to feel human again. That's surprising. You see, hangovers, night outs, thing of the past for me. Thing of the yeah. past. Do you know what is. What happens when you have babies? Yeah. And, Ryan, I'm struggling with something. And I want to know if the listeners feel the same. I'm pretty sure you don't have this problem. I've got Peppa Pig fatigue. Can't deal with it anymore, bro. Peppa Pig fatigue? Yeah. What's that like? Bacon? It's a real thing. So Peppa Pig is this cartoon, right? Now, I, as far as I'm concerned, every kid is obsessed with it. So I'm uh, watching yeah, copies. It's like a pink, a pink fat pig thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a girl I, though, I right? I, I, thought oh, it was more, it? Yeah, I thought it was more manly, but Peppa's a girl and she's the main character and George is her brother. But she's an asshole. Really? Ryan, she's an asshole. I hate Peppa Pig. She's tell a dick. Why. Right, I'll tell you, I'll give you a few examples, right? This is what really grates my tits when it comes to Peppa Pig, right? This is why I want to tell Peppa Pig, in all due respect, to shut her tits, all right? So she has this little brother called George, and his favorite toy ever is a dinosaur, and all the kids says dinosaur, right? And they have this, they're going to some sort of um, jumble sale or whatever you want to call it, kind of like what Eddie Lacey had, and they're thinking about what toys to bring. And uh, do you know what she volunteers to bring? She says, I'm going to bring George's dinosaur. Like, that's a dick move. That's his favourite toy. That's all he can say. But Peppa, for her piece that she wants to flog for a small amount of money, is her little brother's favourite staple toy. She is a dick. And you know what else? Is that uh, she went into her parents. I'll, I'll end it here. She goes into her... This has got to show you how much of a dick this girl is, right? So this pig. I want to punch her right in the little snout. I want to punch her right in the pig throat, right? She goes into her parents and says... 
mom, dad, mommy pig, daddy pig, George woke me up. And they said, yeah, but it's George's birthday. And she goes, yeah, but he woke me up. And the dad goes, yeah, well, you woke everybody up when it was your birthday. And she says, yeah, but that was different. It was my birthday. It's like, just like she's an arse. It sounds like it's all about Pepper. It is all about Peppa. She's got a problem, Ryan, and I think she it needs to be discussed, and it hasn't been discussed on the program, you know? And don't get me started on uh, Miss Rabbit, who has about 17 different jobs. Well, and that's she, her name, Miss Rabbit. Yeah, and Daddy Pig's name was actually Daddy Pig, and I think they show him when he was a baby pig in school, and his name was still Daddy Pig, which is weird. I think that's weird. You know? Yeah, that is odd. It's Daddy Pig. It's odd that you would name your baby pig Daddy. <laughs> It's, it is. It's well. It's it's like naming your kid Crystal and expecting them not to grow up to be a stripper. But Do anyway, you know we digress. <laughs> we have a little bit, but just quickly, um, Peppa Pig has obviously grinded your gears a little. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that's ground my my gears. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So basically, a guy that uh, a friend of mine has decided he's now vegan. Oh, don't start with that show. How do you how do you do that? How do you do that overnight? So this is a guy that I have sat next to whilst he devoured a rack of ribs mm. uh you know and had i don't know a, a rare steak and all the rest of it and burgers in the past and now he's vegan why i just i, I can't work it out did you ask him when you say what's wrong i don't, I don't know he says it's because i asked him um you know why and he says basically saving he's saving animals so apparently he's saving animals but i would get that if vegetarians yes i get that but you know aren't they made aren't isn't the whole point of a cow is to either be a steak or make me some milk isn't that the point of it yeah pretty much it's so. like, like that's what they remember uh we had scotty on the pod and he was saying you know we manufacture so many chickens like it's seen in the industry it's seen as making them but that that annoys me because humans have gone soft haven't they they've really gone soft in that regard like do you know what was funny well, it wasn't really funny because, look, I used to be a big animal dude. I used to never give to human charities and I used to only give to, like, animal charities. Like, oh, I love dogs and they're amazing. And then I had a baby and now I want to kill and stamp on every animal's face because it's a threat to my child, right? So uh, there was a zoo somewhere. I think it was in Stockholm. And uh, No, but it is, yeah. I, honestly, I used to be super animal given to animal charities. Like, I had a direct debit set up to, like, wildlife, whatever, which is gone now. Um, but in fairness, they do give a little teddy tiger toy. But anyway, I digress, right? Which would have actually been perfect for the kid. But anyway, there was a there was a zoo in Stockholm or something, and they said, look, we've got a teenage giraffe, and she surplus to requirements. So on the 16th of X month, we're going to just shoot her in the face, right? So all these activists come in and said, oh, my God, this poor giraffe, let's relocate it. And they were like, nah. And then all these other zoos come up, and they like, we'll take your giraffe. They said, nah, it's fine. I don't want to deal with the whole logistics thing. We're just probably going to just shoot her in the forehead. So the time came, and I shot her in the face. And uh, dead. See, that's that's ridiculous because I imagine that a giraffe has plenty of meat on it. You could have some really good sized ribs or steaks off of it. Maybe they did. But the thing was. What does giraffe steak taste like? Yeah, I want to find out. Maybe they know. But that they were saying, like the scientists there were saying, you know, and the veterinarians were like, look, the world's gone too soft. It was surplus requirement. It's a giraffe. Relax. We just shot it in the face. It's fine. It's dead. It's done. You know, we didn't want to. You don't have to give it to somebody to save the world. Or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I just think I just think you have to be very careful. Say everybody became vegan, and suddenly a cow doesn't have to be a steak anymore, and a cow won't make me milk anymore. Mm. Then he starts getting other ideas, doesn't he? Because you've taken away his sole purpose. So then he starts getting ideas above his station. You know, they'll the cows they'll all be over here taking our jobs. You know, and, <laughs> and <laughs> they'll be they'll be forming their own government and protection racket. It's not a sudden that the cows will be taken out. Well, Gary Larson had cartoons years ago. Do you remember those, The Far Side? Where the cows used to take over and start all that activism. So you, you know what? He predicted it. See, there, there's a guy that saw into the future. Mm. Visionary. Should we probably talk football now? What's that? Yeah, no, we should. Packers. What's that? What's that? Oh, This is a football podcast. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, let's. Uh, it was rookie orientation, which is a word that Mike McCarthy kind of invented for this type of thing. Um, so finally, do you know what? There's some panoramic views of all the rookies lining up um, and all the undrafted free agents and stuff that they brought in. It's a lovely sight to see, isn't it, Ryan? All of our uh, stars, Kevin King and Beagle and all the rest of the boys, uh, fully togged out in their gear for the first time. Yeah. And then there was videos released on Packers.com of all the boys getting their headshots taken for you know the television broadcast and stuff. It is a breath all fresh air. Yeah, it finally feels like a bit of football spec, doesn't it? And yeah. I was um, reading an article, I think it was on Packers.com, by Wes Hodkovitz. I hope I said that right. And he was saying that there's this really nice bit where 
when all the rookies join the team and all the undrafted free agent rookies and all the rest of them come and join the team, they bring them in, they do this rookie orientation, as you said, and they put up this video that explains to them, you know, about the Packers history, where the team came from, how it was formed, the, mm-hmm. the, the players of the past, the things that have been won in the past and, and all this stuff. And then at the end of the video, it puts these, their new faces into the video at the end and essentially says now, you've got the chance to be a part of this. And I just think that must be a really, really cool thing to do, you know, to now see your face up there on the end of a video that probably included the likes of, you know, Reggie White, mm. Brett Favre, um, you know, all the guys from the 60s further back and there, you know, Curly and all the rest of them going all the way back. And then up comes your face. I mean, that's really got to get you pumped and, and, and wanting to do something big, hasn't it? Yeah, spine tingling. We kind of got a taste of that, didn't we, when they did those two documentaries when it showed, you know, all of these moments from Packers history on the sort of credits of Packers life and then that would end and it would have your voice come in on the first one and then on the second one it had the credits and then had my voice coming in and it was so weird to see on the Packers website with the Packers logos and then but your your voice came over and it was you chatting and then for me it was Brett Favre and Bart Starr and I was like Jesus Christ seeing our names up there so can you imagine being an actual player yeah. to, to get that feeling is, is just absolutely nuts but on that same token then I mean the draft signings that have been made uh, up to the podcast has been D'Angelo Yancey the wide receiver Aaron Jones uh, Kofi mm-hmm. Amicia Devante Mays and Maliki Dupree so I mean you know it's from the 5th to the 7th round they've made the signings which I suppose yeah. these boys when they go that late Ryan are probably delighted they sign on the dotted line it's a low sure. value contract you know it's probably a bit quicker yeah, they're the easier guys to get sorted out mm. because, because as you said, the, the money's a little bit lower. They're not expecting so much. They're probably not going to haggle quite as much. The guy going in the first round and all the others, they probably want to see what other people are signing, I guess, and there's probably all the games going on with the agents. Yeah. Um, but let's face it, they're, they're all going to sign up at some point, so there's not, not too much point in worrying about it. There's a couple of stories come out of the camp so far, isn't there, with mm. Vince Spiegel, uh, I yeah. guess is one of them, that apparently I saw today is wearing the club. Yeah. So we might might see in practice uh, a bit of the old rubbing the club or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, stroke the club, stroke the club. Well, we all stroke the club, and Nick Perry's making some of those tackles. But you know what? He's put he's been put between Nick Perry and Clay Matthews in the locker room. So maybe it's just you know both of those players very well known for wearing the club. So maybe it's just he's looking up to them. But he said that it's not. Mm-hmm. He didn't break anything. But you know what? I was watching those videos on Pockers.com. Yeah, it's just precautionary, he said. But if you look at those tackling, you know, the giant donuts, which is definitely something that I I tackled three donuts earlier today. Went down to Tesco, got myself some nice sugary numbers. But these giant tackling donuts, uh, like a boss. And even John was like, I can't believe you had three donuts. I was like, they're hollow in the middle. Don't worry about it. It's fine. They're ring donuts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's only actually half a donut. Yeah, it looks bigger than it is. Size of my face. So uh, they tackled those donuts. And I was even looking at the way the hand goes underneath. And he was pretty vicious with it. And it looked like he did catch his arm underneath it. Now, that was just me as a casual observer looking at them going, I don't know how safe they are. But uh, it's mad, isn't it? He's obviously trying to really prove himself, going in hard on those donuts, trying to kick some donut ass. And has just done himself a small injury. So uh, just a bit of precautionary stuff they put it on. But something to note as well um, is they've signed some undrafted free agents as well. Kind of a bit of a mishmash there's no one really there's so, there is a lot of stories I could come out of this there's, there's no one really in there that jumps out too much but there are some names uh, that have been more highly touted than other people not that I knew any of them if I'm going to be really honest with you one of them is Taysom Hill who's a quarterback he's six foot two, 221 pounds um, from Pocatello, Idaho um, and apparently he's caught Mike McCarthy's eye just by he's, he's meant to be a bit of a running threat as well put up some numbers when he was in college and another interesting one right now is a guy called Justin Vogel who's a punter six foot four this guy 219 pounds from Miami um yeah it's heating up again buddy it is and I don't know we're gonna have this off-season special teams thing going on again as, oh, yeah. uh, as we were talking about uh, on the pre-show he comes in um there was interest from a number of different teams mm. okay and he says that in the end he's gone to the, for the Packers over the likes of Minnesota, Philadelphia, Kansas, and so on, because yeah. he felt that there's the best chance to dislodge the current uh, punter and get onto the team. Mm. Now, in my in my opinion, I thought Shum did pretty decent in the year he had. I thought he was an improvement over Mass Day. Um, but to be fair, does I mean I certainly don't don't really overanalyze what the punter's doing because generally the 
you, you hope the punters doing virtually nothing and sit on the bench all game would be nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it'd be an interesting one. He he's, he had a pretty decent college career, didn't he? And, and won awards and and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, when he was at uh, I think it was Miami, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that he's come from. Uh, but my only problem is with it that it, you know how do we how do we get a hashtag going for this guy? Because we got Strumfersham, which had been a beauty for the last year. At Vogel, I haven't got anything for at this point. No, I, I was trying to think of something really filthy there, but I can't think of one. Uh, but, you know, isn't that a weird thing that he said? I mean, talk about, you know, really sticking it to uh, Jacob Shum. He was saying, because, mm-hmm. uh, again, the story, and I know we'll get on to him in a second, that Bob McGinn of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel said that, you know, th- this guy has been told or apparently he was talking to Vogel and he'd said to him that some of the Green Bay guys quote that called him said it sounds like there's an equal chance and an equal opportunity for him to compete so that's why he didn't go anywhere else is because he was told by the Green Bay staff which is something that he's released publicly saying um, you know I have an equal chance to try eke out Shum because Shum's on a 615 grand one year deal but none of it, or basically nothing of it, is guaranteed. So he's sort of saying, you know, if he beats him in, in training camp, well, then the job is his. But Vogel's been touted as a skilled directional punter. He averaged 43.8 yards per punt as a senior, but 25 of those kicks are inside the 20-yard line with only two touchbacks. So at a 64 of the punts that he had, 33 ended in fair catches. Uh, now, it's very hard to get excited uh, about punters. It's not the most sexy thing in the world. But certainly, this guy is in here to play, and he has been signed as an undrafted free agent, and he is a directional specialist. And that's something, Ryan, that the Packers are going for more so lately, right? That they're going for that sort of directional punter, which is something that they said they got from Shum. But Shum being slightly inconsistent has meant mm-hmm. that, you know, this guy could come in and really do the business. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's a lot of moves at special teams, and that that's not all. I mean,. With some of these uh, lads that come in for tryouts, they're after bringing in uh, a kicker, uh, Matt Davis, who comes from North Carolina, Pembroke. And again, this guy has won all types of accolades in college. The only thing that stopped him from getting drafted was A, he's a kicker, and B, he broke his ankle before the draft. So it's a pretty tough business. But it does look like that they're trying to shake up special teams again just to try to get the most out of Mason and Sean, you know. And it's probably about putting in there just a bit of competition again. And competition does breed excellence. It's as simple as that. If if you've got somebody that's after your job, then you're going to have to perform a bit harder to keep it. Mm. Um, One of the things I particularly noticed on Vogel is on uh, PackersNews.com, they they mentioned a bit on there about him. and he was actually one of the coaches that had him rated as a number one uh, punter yeah. in that year's draft class. Um, but however, also con- conceded that it was a pretty poor year for punters <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um, and then they also put on there, which I thought was a nice, interesting stat, and I know you like these, it's the first draft since 1998 that no punter was selected in the draft. So probably probably Vogel's coming in and he's going to have a he's still going to have a hard chance to to actually get on the team in front of Shum in my opinion. Yeah, probably it's it's a bit weird just with the the moves at long snapper uh with good effectively gone. <laughs> uh and then you look at the likes of Crosby, yeah. they've brought in Matt Davis and then with the punter they've brought in Vogel. It just like could we be looking at it where the long snapper, punter and kicker are completely different people? I don't think so for the kicker yeah, or Mason, but certainly um, the punter and the long snapper, right? Yeah, I, I, I suppose you could do. Um, but no, I would think Mason's going to be safe. Who knows who the long snapper's going to be. Punter, you would think that Vogel's got to be not just as good, he's got to be better to, than to dislodge a veteran, if you know what I mean, uh, to, 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 to dislodge a veteran. Um, but yeah, certainly it's, it's always hard to, to really know how much uh, sort of value to put in the undrafted free agent class. As we spoke with Andy Davies last week, those later rounds in the draft, there's not going to be a great deal of difference in quality between those sort of sixth and seventh round players as, you know, compared to these undrafted free agents. So a lot of these players are going to be similar ability. Thing to notice in there is there are a couple of linebackers in there. Yeah. Um, which which I noticed there's a Jonathan, Jonathan Calvin uh, and Cody Hellman, Hellman, yeah, and uh, <laughs> also uh, also there's a number of cornerbacks taken. I think there was three that they've they've picked up there, and uh, and possibly another couple of running backs as well. Um, oh, sorry, no one one more running back. So 
they're definitely really you know covering themselves there's a guard in there there's there's a little bit of everything in there mm. um and some more you know wide receivers um but yeah as, as a wide receiver coming into the packers that's you know you, you're uh you're gonna have to be really special and and produce something out of this world to really get on the team at wide receiver. So probably those guys will be heading for the practice squad, if anything. Yeah, practice squad fodder for sure. Um, especially the running backs as well. And something that again, it it seems like ages ago because it was literally after it was the day after our last podcast when Andy Davies dropped the bombshell that he doesn't see Kristen Michael and Don Jackson being around. They were released by the Packers, which is an astounding thing for for Andy Davies to say and then for it to happen so so shortly after. I honestly thought that they would have hung around certainly with Chris and Michael a bit more to see what he could do and maybe push that competition, you know, into training camp. Do you think it's a weird move, Ryan, for them releasing him so soon? Because it is so soon. Yeah, it's strange that he wasn't allowed, uh, also afforded the chance, if you like, to go into camp and compete with those guys and show what he could do. I really wanted to see what he could do with a full off-season of work in there. Yeah. You know, at a chance where he, where he has a chance to work with the first-team offense a bit, um, learn all the things that he wasn't brilliant at last year, so like your, your pass protection stuff and yeah. and uh, and so on. So it's a shame that he wasn't given that chance, but, I mean, he's gone now. Um, Don Jackson has just probably been one of the most unlucky guys because he really had a chance last year to go from the bottom to the top. And then, of course, when he hit the top and got a, got his chance on the field, he then got injured. Um, I think it was always going to be hard for him this year. So he probably doesn't surprise me um, as much. But, you know, I just feel, feel hard. You know, it's hard luck for the guy, really, because, you know, just, just if the timing was different, the if, ifs and buts and maybes, you know, but yeah. it could have been different. But uh, yeah, it was surprising that that certainly that Christine Michael went uh, before really having the chance to put the jersey and the cleats back on and, and go and give it a go. Yeah, I suppose it's things like you know pass protection is something that they're really going for. Uh, certainly in Martellus Bennett, you know being the tight end now, there's all this talk about bringing him in over Cook, and they're saying well he's got you know better protection abilities if he is brought in an assignment just to protect Rodgers to try extend the play and go wide receiver you know so they're kind of looking into that I, I don't know the caliber of the running backs that they have at the moment um in the likes of that protection but you know with Ripkowski in there he's definitely going to do the jobby um but do you know what another odd one someone else being let go effectively or someone letting themselves go Bob McGinn uh the he was writing for the Milwaukee Journal somebody, Sentinel somebody letting themselves go I was doing that about three or four years ago on <laughs> about two stone and now and now hey do you know what speaking of I've decided <laughs> right now tonight is the night I go back on the protein buddy I'm doing it I'm doing it. I've let myself go for it. Yeah, honestly. Do you know what did it for me? I was going over, uh, we got a table for the boy. Uh, It was like, it's half sand, half water play table. And you open up these flaps and they play with them. But I had to get kids sand in Smith's, right? 15 kilograms. And like, I used to be, used to be all right for the strength, you know? And she's, I bought the table. I had now the big, big table, big cardboard (laughs) box, right? And she says to me, oh, do you want to swing the car around and, and put the table in and then come back for the sand? I looked at it, I was like, no, I'll just I'll get a bag for the sand, please. So I got a plastic bag. I nearly died, Ryan. I was carrying 15 kilograms of sand in a bag with one hand in windy conditions. And I almost died. And I was, I was walking by a building site. I was very conscious in my suit and dress shoe, you know. I thought that the builders would be shouting, oh, look at your man with the blade, you know. So I powered through, but I almost died, Ryan. So I decided that was the breaking point for me. Um, it's like not being yeah, able to see your willy. That's a sign. Yeah, so uh, I've, uh, you know, decided it's time to go back in the protein. I wouldn't mind. I've got a room out in the garden, right? I, mean, I have a Zen garden, would you believe, with a Buddha at the back. And I've got a room out there with loads of gym equipment. And I put it all in, set it all up, have the weights bench there. It's never used at once. Yeah, so and hang clothes and things off it, yeah. Pretty much. I have so many old baby stuff in there, like old prams and shit. But anyway, uh, Bob <laughs> McGinn, getting back to getting back to Packers. Uh, so Bob McGinn, 30 years. Uh, he's been writing for the Packers for 30 years. He's been with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for 26 years. And this really hit people hard. I want to know how you felt about it. Uh, Bob McGinn, did you read much of his stuff? Do people read anymore? Or did they just watch little videos and look on Snapchat? I mean, I don't know what, what the public are doing out there yeah. these days. No, well, I, yeah, let's face it. People read, I think. If, if we're going to get into it, print media is pretty much dead, isn't it? But yeah. essentially now you can read every newspaper on a screen and you can read blogs and all the rest of it. And he pretty much did it all, didn't he? Mm, yeah. um, I don't think there's probably a Packers fan out there, whether they realise it or not, that hasn't hasn't read something written by Bob McGinn. You know, um, and he's certainly a name that's pretty recognisable. 
uh, almost as much as, as you know, as the players and the front office staff at the Packers. Bob McGinn is a name where, if you're a Packers fan, generally you know who Bob McGinn is. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame that he's retiring, but I guess, you know, he's been doing it a long time. You can probably now just enjoy being a fan, I guess, and kick back. Um, I'm sure he'll still, still be involved here and there with, with stuff, but uh, yeah. no, fair play to him. I think he, after all those years, he probably deserves a good break. It's mad. He's been on the beat since 1984. That's probably before you and I were born. That's, yeah, what, one year before I was born, yeah. Nuts. But, and it's, it's weird, though. His tweet came out and said, not retiring, just ending at the Journal Sentinel. It's a really odd thing. And I think there was Ooh. another writer with the Sentinel as well that left. So, he's, so could it just be that he's moving somewhere else? It could be. and You know, I said that he'd sort of do it from time to time as a sort of, I don't know, I'd have to read back the tweet, but it was something like that. It was odd. And I was there something to, a little cryptic in there? Just a little, something a little cryptic. I don't know whether there's, uh, I could say, oh, there's been a change of management. Maybe they kicked him out. But I, I don't want to start rumours. I, I don't think anybody of Bob McGinn's calibre would ever be so kicked out of anywhere. Were, have you sent your CV off? Twice. Twice, yeah, fair enough. But look, that's fair what I—that's what I think we want to know as well, Ryan. I mean, we used to have dedicated articles on the website. We have a great guy, a good friend of ours, Dave Pion, used to write loads of pieces for us, and I used to write a fair amount. And you sort of turned your hand to subscribing some as well. Do people read anymore? If we were to crank up that machine again and get articles on the website, would people want to read them, or do people read anything anymore? I think that's what we want to know, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be interesting to know because let's face it, we have a website there mm-hmm. um, and we might as well have stuff on the website that you want to see. But, um, you know, there's also no harm in telling us if you don't want to <laughs> go on the website and read stuff. You know, we want we want that feedback, don't we? Yeah, because um, I get that. Because you know what? The articles and stuff and the same as the podcast does take an inordinate amount of time to research and then writing it takes another couple of hours and then editing it takes another couple of mm-hmm. hours and then you have to put it up and four people are reading it you know what I mean and two of them are your parents it's probably not <laughs> worth it um, but come here the takeaways then from rookie camp as you said they were given the history video to watch uh, which was great and also what they do with this sort of this way Mike McCarthy calls it an orientation is that they sort of they give them the gear and it's probably like starting a new job. You get your computer, you get your sort of scan in card, whatever. Um, and they sort of go through what the meetings are like and where you meet and how practice is set up and how it's all timed. Um, but some other takeaways that I seen was that Josh Jones is going to play linebacker, which is interesting because he was brought in as a safety, but he's going to begin training as a sub package linebacker. So this guy, six foot one, 220 pounds. He was actually quicker than Kevin King running the 40. And it's interesting that they're going to use this guy as a linebacker instead of a safety. Uh, this guy's meant to be a hard hitter. Uh, does that excite yeah. you, Ryan? That, you know, again, like what we were talking sort of pre-prod, that this guy is a utility player exactly the way the Packers sure. you know, draft. Yeah. And I think it's certainly the way the game's changing, isn't it? Is that we're getting now guys that can play all the positions across the secondary. Yeah. We've got certain guys, Morgan Burnett's done it, uh, Hyde's done it, where they sort of drop down into this sort of position where it's somewhere between a linebacker and a safety. Mm. Um, you know, uh, we all sort of spoke about it on the, on the podcast, on the last one, when we were looking at the draft selection, saying that this is a guy that can do all of those things. Yeah. You know, McCarthy himself said he's a guy that's going to come in and potentially replace the role in which Hyde played. Mm. Um, we thought, I think, a little bit that Burnett would be the one doing that. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if you've got multiple guys that can do multiple things, we know what the injuries are like on the Packers over the last few years. It wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to have that. But yeah, to come out this early and say that you know, he, he's going to be training at that linebacker position. That's, mm. you know, this is, uh, okay, it's an interesting one. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, yeah. And he's not the know. only one. He's not the only one. Kofi Amicia, um, they're saying that he's not going to win the, you know, the starting right guard as a as a rookie jobby. Uh, that's an absolute given. But they're already looking to uh, try play him at tackle, guard and centre during minicamp. So again, yeah. another player... It goes to show, like, sometimes you might know who these guys are, but the Packers obviously have enough tape on them to think that they can turn them into something different. Sure, and it makes sense. If, you, if, you know, if you're drafting a guy and you can look at a guy that can play multiple positions, then why not? Because, as, as we just said there, last few years, our, our seasons have been, 
hugely hindered at times by the injury situation. Yeah. Um, a lot of our offensive linemen, if we just want to look at that position, a lot of those guys can play multiple positions across the line. Mm. You know, it is a position where you need to have a good depth in quality. And as we've said before, it can be difficult to find good quality at that position when you look at the likes of, you know, I think Marshall Newhouse is still playing in the league. And I yeah. know we pick on you a lot, Marshall. I apologise for that. We know you're listening. Um, yeah, look, it makes sense to have guys come and do it. If you think about your everyday work in life, you don't always have one guy that does the photocopying and one guy that does the team making and one guy that does... So, I mean, in in any job, I know that's taken it to really basic tasks, <laughs> but in, in any job, everybody in your organisation, you were trained to do multiple tasks, multiple roles, um, you know, and work in multiple departments maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same with a football team. The more flexible you, your workforce can be, if you want to put it that way, the more flexible your workforce can be, the greater chance of um, being able to have a consistent performance or a p- consistent production out of that workforce. So yeah. it makes absolute sense. And I think it's something that the Packers have done throughout their history. And if you've listened to our Packers history, you'll know played multiple positions and both sides of the football and it's certainly something the Packers are doing these days with multiple players on the team isn't it yeah and that's another thing that we sort of it's a kind of a neat segue is on Thursday night into Friday we went and released some golden oldies and one of those uh our first one that we wanted to release was our history podcast so our history podcast first one went out again just a little bit of an intro and a little bit of an outro that went on it and if you enjoyed it let us know if there's some of your favorite episodes that you want us to release again uh we can do it because we know that we you know we're picking up new fans all the time or listens are um you know going up and up and up each week and the reviews are going up and up and up each week and you know we want to thank everybody for that but there's some new listeners that just aren't aware of some of our old podcasts so we're going to release some of our old interviews and history podcasts and uh, some of the lads were saying that they really enjoyed the history ones that they hadn't heard it before and um, so we're not going to bore you and you know release another history one next friday but we'll pick some other ones or maybe some best bits but come here i know um it's i think it's that time again buddy i think it's time to get on that facial ma- makeup <laughs> claim of the week bro Right, uh, this is oh, something that uh, caught your eye and you showed me. I, co- I couldn't look. We've spoke about this guy and I couldn't believe it. Right. Do you want to tell us yeah. people what this clown is up to this week? Jesus. Well, as you know, from those who have listened to the previous podcast, we were trying to find something the Bears had done this week and it's been quiet. Yeah. Okay. So we couldn't have a Bears balls up of the week. So, yeah. Clown of the week is going to somebody not associated with the Bears and uh, I guess you could say lastly associated with the Packers. Yeah. Uh, tight end. Colt Lyella <laughs> has been found. This is, I mean, we've spoke about him before, haven't we? About yeah. when, whenever we talk about the people with uh, character issues or the rest, his name's come up. Mm. Um, he's certainly an interesting case if you look at his history and the things he's gone through in his life and now the path that he's taken him on. Um, had issues at college. I think he left the team for personal reasons. Ended up with the Packers for, uh, as I saw it written today, ended up with the Packers for a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> So it didn't last long. Uh, but yeah, he's. <laughs> this is the beauty. The latest development is that he managed to escape, uh, I, I don't know, what is it, is it a prison or a, some sort of facility? It's yeah. a minimum security correctional facility, apparently. Yeah, so whatever one of those is. But it was obviously minimal security enough that he was able to walk out. Um, mm. I think he's now been found, hasn't he, and returned. It's even worse uh, than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he escaped. It was a dorm room and he escaped off the first floor. Now, this way he's a bit of a clown, right? Is that he was serving a six-month sentence and he was two months into it. So he was one third of the way there and he decides to, you know, try to scoot, <laughs> scoot out the, the first floor window, escapes. And then he goes home mm-hmm. in Oregon. He ODs on opiates and they revive him. And when he's revived and brought back to life, decides he wants to escape again. And then they capture him again. And they said that he's not going to be eligible anymore for these minimum security that they're going to move him to. I think it's Washington, whatever, um, Washington prison, if that's where he's at, or one of those one of those places yep. in the States. But as you said, Ryan, this guy, I mean, he's been in and out of trouble for forever, it seems like. Convicted yeah. of heroin possession earlier this mm-hmm. year. Um, he was serving a sentence in April. 
uh, now for forgery, um, and he, which he pled guilty to using counterfeit money at convenience stores in 2013. Yeah. He did a short jail Take sentence. Fifty dollar bills, yeah. Madness. Like he's he's been caught for DUIs. He just seems almost, to have been caught for everything, and it yeah. doesn't seem to have changed. I mean, these are the same things that he got into trouble for when he was at college at Oregon. Yeah. Um, you know when, and he was a good player at Oregon. Uh, you know, he, he did okay there, and he, and he and I think at one point he had the most yards catch in in, in the Pac-12. Um, you know, so he, he was a good player, and he seemed to seemingly have it all ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was he was projected a third or fourth round pick. Um, that didn't happen, uh, mainly because of the off the field stuff. But if you look at the problems he had back then, he had suspensions due to drugs, drug use. He had problems with his academic grades. Yeah. Um, now all of it seems to go back to his youth days and actually you know you know like we've done this year when we looked at the different draft prospects Steve, in, in, in preparation for those those podcasts yeah uh, you can go on and sort of see the strengths and weaknesses as the experts are saying and I found his page from back before he went into the draft <laughs> God. and on his weaknesses it says this opiates lacks <laughs> ideal bulk strength to block yeah it says lacks ideal bulk strength to block in line okay so that's a football thing and then it goes into this which is all non-football yeah. overly emotional and prone to outbursts <laughs> uh, following a disfun following a dysfunctional childhood that offered little direction and much confusion related to a divorce not a disciplined team player off the field issues linger and drop and drops were too consistent so yeah normally you don't see all that in there but it starts to give you a bit of a view and it doesn't really tell you it raises more questions it gives you answers but it certainly tells you that this is a player that is deeply troubled by something that's happened yeah growing up and he just hasn't been able to shake it and actually now things are getting worse and worse so yeah he's clown of the week but i think there's a serious side to this as well and and you probably now he's suffering well, i guess you'd have to guess with sort of mental health issues uh and i guess a lack of good people around him um mm. and it really is going off the rails for this guy yeah, and you know what? Like the guy obviously has issues. Um, and again, I di I didn't know that that he had such a troubled past, which is tragic, you know, because he was kind of set down this path then, um, to clown school, you know, to clown college, because, you know, with with all of the using counterfeit money and cocaine possession, heroin possession, you know what? Like the guy achieved so much in spite of all of that, he was still a baller, uh, football player, you know, and and then yeah. he had it all and then pissed it away. So you're kind of looking, and now he's going to serve time in Washington County Jail. So, you know, these are the people that have it all, but he just, I don't know. And I don't know, again, it'd be super tragic if he got out and tried to deliberately OD to to really harm himself, you know. But it's yeah. from the news article, sounded like it was it's, a binge when he got out, you know, so. Yeah, it's just a shame as well, because it actually says, you know, if you continue to read about him before the draft, it says that some talent graders had him in the second round, but it's his past history that will knock him down. Mm. Um, and it said that he would he would greatly benefit from a coach willing to serve as a strong father figure. So clearly yeah. there was it had already sort of mentioned about there being no direction and the rest of it. It's almost like he he never really had a chance to overcome his demons, if you like. And yeah. I don't know he he didn't obviously get the support after all this trouble through college that he needed. And now as an adult, uh, uh, well everybody knows what's happened. He's been in and out of trouble. Um, and it's the same problems that seem to continue to 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 go after him. So yeah, he is clown of the week because he's a guy that had it all and had I guess every opportunity to change. But there is a serious side to it as well. And so hopefully one day he can get his life together. Yeah, it is tragic, and we're certainly not making light of someone who has issues. But again, it's someone who had it all and then just pissed it away with addiction. But come here, I, I think for that, I think with the seriousness of it, Ryan, we need a backup clown. You know, I, let me just read something for you and then I'll get on to this guy because this is something that a good old buddy of ours, Graham Armsworth, sent us in. Um, and we're going to read it. But I, I'm going to read you some stats and let me tell you if, if this guy seems like a like a fool of a player, right? Devontae Adams, 2014, bit part player, 16 games played, 11.7 .7 yards per catch average with only 446 yards. But he was certainly seen as a number three target and a bit power player using certain packages. 2015 kind of dropped off, 483 yards, 9.7 yards average per catch. Only played 13 games. Last year, 16 games played, 75 receptions. That's a career high. 221 targets, again, a career high. Almost twice what he had in 2014. He was only three yards short of 1,000 yards. He had a 13.3 yards per catch average with a long of 66 12 
touchdowns, which was 11 more than the previous year. Okay. Yeah. What are you getting? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is this is a rubber clown. this guy up. Oh, no, he's okay. amazing. Devontae Adams is amazing, right? He he really, you know, got rid of that whole thing about him dropping passes and fumbling. Yeah, he proved that to a lot of people because yep. there were there were doubters out there, weren't there? I was one of them because mm. he seemed to seemed to always manage to drop the easy ball, um, and it almost like he wasn't really. It almost was like there was a lack of concentration. There were doubters out there, but he shut them all up. Oh, in has. my opinion, and he certainly shut me up. So yeah, and he was carrying an ankle injury, and he is an absolute baller right so i'm not for an instance suggesting that he's the clown but here is the clown so graham's arms were sent this in this uh, conversation for with this other guy he's not going to be named and he says this is his comment uh bear in mind stats no i'm thinking of adams sorry but i do not see him as a legit number two threat nelson has the ability to separate from coverage despite his lack of speed and cobb somehow manages to slip his coverage adam seems slow and unable to break coverage like complete bollocks is that that's, not com- that's mental because in my head i can remember at least three or four touchdowns where he just burns it the guy that's uh covering him yeah and he ends up catching the ball five ten yards clear of his of his uh of his coverage so yeah. he can't be slow that is also should should um should mention how quick does somebody need to be for this guy because earlier in the comments i think he also says that jordy nelson is slow but can can manage to get away. Jordy Nelson isn't slow. That's been established mm. over and over. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not really sure. I think he says as well that he's fighting for his spot with Davis, doesn't he, on the roster? Yeah, that was another one. Is that right? Yeah. And um, so yeah, he's not simply. Yeah, I would say he's without doubt our number two mm. um, receiver, uh, with Cobb obviously then being number three at the slot sort of guy. Um, but he's certainly not fighting with Davis for a spot. And I think Davis is probably fighting to stay on the roster this year with the new additions and, and the fact that he hasn't probably shown a great deal at the position or, or enough at the position. Yeah. So, yeah, he's probably fighting for his spot, but Adams is not. And he's not competing with anybody down there. He's, he's, he's quite sure, quite sure and quite definitely number two on our, on our depth chart. Absolutely. And... This guy even says in another comment, like you said, uh, he, that he thinks Adams will most likely sneak in. So we had a thousand yards, thirteen point three yards per catch average, but he might just sneak in there, Ryan. All of a sudden, you know, just just under the radar. Uh, this guy. Oh, what a knob. So, look, if you want to send us in uh, some of your Clown of the Week nominees, we'll definitely take them. We're not going to read them out by name. We're not into attacking people. But when you come out with stuff like Adams, Devontae Adams is going to sneak in after having an absolutely monster year, proving that he is a, a well-capable number two, if not a number one wide receiver, yeah. on the, which is hard to say when you have the likes of Jordy Nelson on the roster. But, you know, this this guy... But at some point, at some point, Adams will take over that mantle, you'd have to think, unless yep. they go and draft somebody or, or sort of free agent pick up somebody when Geordie goes, you know? And I know that's not any time soon, but Adams is a bit younger, so at some point, he'll be the number one, uh, you'd have to think. And he's got every chance of doing that. So, yeah, what do you want to do? Withdraw Clown of the Week for Colt because, you know, he has his issues and the serious side and actually... We'll give it to this guy instead who says that Adams is on the roster bubble. <laughs> I just love when you put it like that. On the roster bubble. Yeah, do you know what? Let's defer from uh, Colt Lairla and leave him. He's had enough misery. And if he finds out that he's clown of the week, it might just push him that he, one extra he, yeah. notch. You and know? I don't know if he's ever been done for gun charges, but I don't want to wind him up. He sounds no. like he could flip. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? But come here to me. Um, if we're talking about silly comments... Ryan, like I did, I think it was maybe three, four weeks ago now. I want to take on a journey, oh. buddy. Will you let me take you by the hand, bro? And, Do you know uh, what? Do you know what? This could, this could fast be becoming my favorite part of the podcast <laughs> is listening to these. I love this. So, yeah, let's fire away. Let's hear right. some comments. It's time to hit up at JS Comments. This is some of the comments on Journal Sentinel. Real comments from real people, not actual morons. Well, that's left to be debatable. <laughs> questionable. Yeah, questionable. Yeah, They're lifting questionable. their face up from their... Um, from their desk after smacking it off because they're just complete uh, headbangers. Um, so I'm going to read you out some comments, Ryan, from JS Comments, and you haven't heard them before, and I want to uh, hear what your reaction is. Do you agree with some of them, um, or is just some of them completely ludicrous? Let's, let's see who's going full skip this week. <laughs> right, so the first one I want to read you is, is uh, from April 28th. These are mostly draft-related. Packers trading down to address those immediate needs in the practice squad. 
<laughs> so do you think that's a fair assessment so they, of the draft? They traded down. They traded down once, picked up King, and in the next round got or next round same round got Josh Jones. Yeah. So their practice squad guys is what what this guy's saying. Yeah, I think well, no, that... what he's saying is because we've gained a pick late on in the rounds. Mm. Who we got Finns Beagle, by the way. Right, so let's just remember all those late round picks that did quite well for themselves. Donald Driver, I think seventh round pick, was he? No, yeah, seventh round pick, I think. Um, I think he was a seventh round pick. I'm yep. pretty sure Tom Brady was a seventh round pick. He was, yep. I'm pretty sure James, is it James Harrison on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Was he is really? It? Yeah. I'm sure he was pretty low down the picks or even undrafted, possibly. So when anybody wants to tell you that our oh, sixth and seventh round pick are throwaway picks, they're not. It's harder to hit the superstars in those rounds, but quite clearly, if you look at those players we just mentioned, you you can hit the superstars. So anytime you can get extra picks means you can. If we if we want to go back to a comment made on last week's podcast mm. about the running backs and about the, you know, throwing three darts at the board and open one sticks, the more darts you can throw at the dartboard, the more times you hit the you've got the more chances you got hit in the uh, bullseye. Yeah. So, come on, let's not be silly. It might be that that late round draft pick ends up on a practice squad, ends up on the team, doesn't make the team. Who knows? Yeah. But you've got an extra pick, so the odds of you hitting somebody are now higher. So dumb. And we got the players we wanted. It's not like we actually missed out on anybody, is it? Yeah, which is. I know nuts. there's people out there going, "Oh, you know, we didn't take TJ Watt, and we didn't take this person, and we didn't take that." But so we got what we needed, and we had a good draft, mostly rated at by by most people out there a B plus or an A. Mm. So we did well, and we got an extra pick for it. So, yeah, pretty dumb comment. I see where, why he's saying it, mm. but it's, it doesn't make sense for me. And this is, it's pure nuts. And I'll read you another one, and I'll sort of jump in, because it's along the same lines. He says, Pittsburgh gets what? Which he doesn't even say what. The white rat Ted Thompson, harsh, gets a fourth round pick. When is GB going to wise up and show this fool the door? Look, the Packers went and traded back, and they thought the Seahawks were going to take... Uh, Kevin King because he's they want a replacement for Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman is really outstaying his welcome now mm. in Seattle which some people say is a ludicrous thing to say but when a defensive player goes and gives the offensive coordinator offensive coordinator jip on the sideline and has to be reprimanded by the coach you start to get kind of that fatigue so they've got Richard Sherman fatigue and this guy's meant to be everything that Richard Sherman is and perhaps better because he shuts his face so the Packers went and traded back. The Seahawks traded back, and they thought that the Hawks were going to take them, take them. But then they traded back again, and the Packers got for trading down Kevin King, who was seen as uh, Richard Sherman Mark II. And I know that people don't really like Richard Sherman in Pack Nation, but they can't deny. I thought he was overhyped for ages, but you know, seeing these stats, I'm like, mm, okay, I have to give the guy credit. And they got Vince Beagle for that so that's what that trade was worth and i was listening again to the pro football focus podcast with sam monson um and he was even saying that look you know this guy is as good as tj watt um, he's Absolutely. he has the same measurables run you know and it's just that he doesn't have that he doesn't have the size really you know he didn't have the vertical leap but who gives a you know who cares the surname. yeah that's all that's all it is and they got a player that's identical basically and also that he's played way more college ball so he's been doing it over a consistent basis because tj watt mm-hmm. i believe played two years of college vince beagle played five i believe so he has an extra three years on uh tj so i mean you know you can't discount that so again look this guy's saying you know colin ted thompson what the white rat i've never heard that before and that they should show yeah, him the I door think- the problem is some of these guys get it in their head that they don't like somebody and then they're just that's it it doesn't matter what decision they make from that point forward mm. like there'll be fans out there where ted thompson could somehow work out to get the dna of reggie white and and, and create a new one in a lap and somebody would go oh this guy living in the past yeah. Do you know what i mean you just there's just going to be those fans out there don't like him will never let him win so far this off season he's done well brought in free agents that we needed at key positions yeah um he's brought free agents in for key positions where we needed depth as well um particularly thinking of the gene francois sign in there so he's been clever there and then he's gone and got a good draft like we said b plus and a rated by most people out there yeah so we're doing pretty well so there'll always be the haters out there and clearly this guy's one of them and lastly, so we've talked about Bob McGinn, absolute legend in the game, being covered in game since 1984. No one's able to weave stories that have such a fantastic flowing narrative with actual information. 
And this person says, The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel sports writers are a joke in the sports world. They absolutely suck and, and they're great F journalists. I mean, this guy's been on the beat since before we were born. But Ryan, apparently, according to this guy, he's a great F journalist. According to this guy, yeah. And I'm wondering what the, what qualifies this guy to uh, to judge a journalist. Um, one, because I know we sort of do this and we, we say we, we're not journalists, but, you know, we're loosely associated with the area, if you like. Um, but I wouldn't be able to judge a guy um, based on that. You know, that's not my area. That's not what I do. Um, and I imagine this guy probably isn't in that area either. Yeah. Um, you simply have to look at somebody's history. A bit like a player doesn't play 10 years in the NFL without being a damn good player. A guy doesn't write for a newspaper or whatever for 30 odd years if he's not good at what he does. So uh, that that comment is a full skip, isn't it? Oh, full skip. Yep, it's... He it's, has gone full skip. <laughs> it's a bad place to be. Very bad place to be. But look, um, we don't have any fan of the week this week again because we just kind of wanted to wrap stuff up post-draft and we had a lot to kind of to get through and talk about. Um, so we will be having our fan of the week next week. So if there's anybody you that wants... You can be the fan of the week. You can be, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to you. Oh, you, you can have it this week. Oh. Yeah, so Stephen O'Brien, your fan of the week. Here he oh, is. Guy from you. Ireland. Okay. Likes um, potatoes. No, that is... Probably. You are racist. <laughs> you are, I'm sick of this stereotype. Yeah, as he sat there eating a baked potato, <laughs> drinking a pint of Guinness, <laughs> drinking a pint of Guinness and wearing a green hat with a ginger beard. You know, he's sat there like that now. I can see him the other side of the studio Why? and he's trying to make out that I'm the bad guy. I have dark brown, if not black hair. Why in the world would I have a ginger beard? That's more like you. It looks, Actually, it looks ginger here. You it were, looks like you've got a couple of colours going on. Well, I do, in fairness, I do. But you you, you <laughs> resemble more. Why is your beard a bit ginger? You have a bit of Irish in you, don't you? Every, who doesn't have Irish in you? I mean, you guys got around, didn't you? Yeah, back, look right. back, back three or four generations ago, oh, yeah. I think, you know, you guys were having a great time. Because um, oh, yeah. I think everybody in England has a little bit of Irish in them somewhere. So. Well, come on, release uh, release to the crowd here. How, how Irish are you? What's, what's the Irish influence, bro? Well, you see, I, I don't think it's virtually anything at this point. It's about a quarter, I believe. Is it quarter? No, it might even be a sixteenth. Why? Oh, sorry, it? It's watered down to me. <laughs> it's it's your grandparents. I think what, my great grandparents. Granddad was half Irish. Yeah, so it's a sixteenth. Possibly. Mm. Yeah, so it's like a sixteenth by now. It's like not even worth worrying about. Worrying about <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's something to worry about to get extracted down in the doctor. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel I have to declare it a sixteenth. It's not, it's not yeah. worthwhile. No, so it's fine. It's not, um, it's not on your census form, right? <laughs> Nationality one sixteenth. No. My 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 passport says Germany though, which often gets me a lot of stick and and random questions. That's pretty gangster. Like, well, why does your passport say place of birth? Doesn't your passport say you place of birth on it? Yeah, well, it, I know it says the thing of issue. So you have to put German in yours. That is nuts. And you weren't born so, on like a British soil, so you're still a British. Yeah, well, citizen, it, yeah? well it was. Yeah, it was in it was in uh, RAF Ramstein. Mm. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. That's a lie. RAF Landstuhl. So I was born Landstuhl, Germany. Um, and I think I was born in the American hospital, the USAF hospital. And I did look into whether being born in an American hospital could get me an American passport and then I can just move out there and it'll be gravy. Um, but actually it turns out, it turns out because I was registered as British at birth by yeah. an RAF, I think my, my, this is the best thing. My birth certificate is actually printed on the back of an old ordnance survey map that they used to use. You <laughs> so, are not, no way. Yeah. So literally you turn it over and there's an old map on the back that used to be used in the forces, um, of some German countryside. And then, um, yeah, and it's signed off by an RAF officer. And because I was basically registered as British at birth, therefore, even though I was born in an American hospital, and therefore, in theory, on American soil mm. in Germany, I'm not allowed not allowed to claim a passport. That's banana. And come here to me, last question, because this and you've become fan of the week. Uh, so <laughs> how uh, how long did you spend in Germany before you moved to? Um, about a year. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even remember it. Well, yeah. <laughs> there are there are photos of it. There are there's I've seen photos. So we lived near um, Kaiserslautern's football ground, the Fritz Walter Stadion, and I still I have their home and away football kit. Um, so massive Kaiserslautern fan. Um, <laughs> and then I also there's a photo of me pictured at 
and I can't think what it's called. Oh, New Schwanstein Castle. Mm. Right now, there's people out there going, what's New Schwanstein, New Schwanstein Castle? Essentially, if you looked it up, it's what the Disney Castle, you know, in their logo? Yeah. You know where you see it at the, the, the start of the film, and I think, is it Tinkerbell flies around here and yeah. there's a little sparkle? Well, that castle there, and essentially the castle that's at Disneyland and Disney World over in Florida, mm. that big castle that they all go to is is designed on New Schwanstein Castle in Germany. And nice. if you if you find a picture of it, I know this is getting very boring off topic now. But if you find a picture of it, you can see the resemblance. The, the towers are the same shape. It looks very similar. Mm. So there you go. History with Ryan. Uh, very so, nice. Yeah. So uh, when we come back in the podcast next week, I'm going to tell you a little bit of Irish history about uh, the O'Brien clan. Do it. Yeah, do it. I mean, I, I always say I was made in Belgium and produced in Germany by, by all accounts. <laughs> oh, so... Um, yeah, so we were posted. We were in Belgium, and then we were posted into Germany. Um, so that's my journey. There's so many dirty jokes I can make, but I think we should probably cut the podcast there. Uh, so there you go. It's that. That's all for uh, this week. Not unless you have any any other business, Rhino. Not that I can think of, buddy. Not that I can think of. Uh, it's uh, oh, but I should probably just an update on nineteen nineteen club. Um, the stuff will be posted out this week. We have one draw left. Mm. Uh, here in 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 the in headquarters, and we should have some more stuff on its way across the pond. Um, some pretty cool names coming over. Yeah. So I don't know what I didn't want to do. I know with the first few, obviously, nineteen nineteen clubs. Me and Steve were excited about it. We knew everyone would be excited about it, so we did a few quite quickly in quick succession because they filled up very fast. Mm. What I don't want to do is obviously annoy everybody with releasing one every day. Plus, we'd very quickly run out of stuff to give away. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess we can launch the the last draw if everybody wants it. So people have to let us know. Yeah, if they and, want another nineteen nineteen club draw. And I suppose we have to inform people then at the trip. So we're still waiting for a travel agent to get back to us on it. So here's our thinking. We're thinking week one versus the Seahawks. So that's again, the, you know, depending on what the price is, and we really wanted to release something official with prices and all the rest. Uh, to give people a general ballpark, it usually comes in at for a double room, about fifteen hundred quid, and yeah. uh, then with all the discounts and stuff, it can take you down. I think I paid something like twelve hundred quid last year, so which yeah. is pretty decent. Um, now here's the problem: we haven't heard back from our travel agent. We're trying to get him, but he's pretty manic. Um, and also, we did get people asking us to do the Bengals Bears double header in late September. Now, let me just put a caveat on this. Everyone who says, do the double header, and if we were to say, which is what we did last year, and we say, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And then what ends up happening is, is when it comes down to the pricing, you're there for an extra, you know, three, four days, and then you have to pay for an extra game ticket, and you've got to pay for, you know, this, that, and the other. So when it actually comes down to it, the real question you have to ask yourself is, can you afford to go for two games can you get the time off from the the missus and the kids and the job and also can you pony up you know on well i don't think it's exactly double ryan but it does add a dumper load of cost to it right so anybody screaming to do the double games week thinking that that makes more sense to do actually look at it and say yeah but can you afford to actually go because then what we're ending up doing is is that people will go for the first game which is the Bengals so who would you rather see the Seahawks or the Bengals and their money's on the Seahawks every time so that's the rationale behind yeah. it um, just yeah. in case anybody and sort the of the thing that should be said as well guys is, is if you're there and you're thinking well I don't want to do Seahawks I don't want to do the, the double header what I want to do is go for a game in December uh, one wrap up warm um, but you can also do that through us as well. So, And you can still then take advantage of the discounts that we've got mm. with this company. It's why we're with them, because they give us, I think uh, last year on the group tour, there was 10% off. Yep. Um, but you're always guaranteed at online. least 5% off. And mm. then, yeah, you get your online booking discounts as well. So it doesn't matter what week you want to go in. It doesn't matter if you want to – I mean, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I don't know if you want if you wanted to go to a game over in Chicago – or Minnesota, and then fly into Green Bay and do a game there. Um, you could go watch baseball somewhere and then a game. It can all be done mm. through these guys. That's what they do. It's why we use them. Um, it makes it a lot easier for everybody. And, and they, they organize a really good trip, and, and anybody that's been on previous trips will tell you that. Mm. Um, obviously, what we get as well, because we go as a group, we, if you come on the week one tour, there'll be the player meets, there'll be the, the tailgate and the t- stadium tours. There'll be all the sorts of things going on. 
Um, but it's up to you if you'd like say if you'd rather go in a different week that suits you better or or you want to tie it in with something else or or I don't know Thanksgiving or, or whatever mm. then um, still still get in contact with these guys quote that we've sent you um, and then you'll still pick up all your discounts yep so what you get is you get the flights transfers game tickets uh, free food and drink at the tailgate you get to meet a Packers legend you also get to stay in the same hotel that the Packers players themselves stay in which is why the boys can get so many pictures with them and also myself and Ryan have a good few contacts now within Green Bay so we're going to try to get you as a behind the scenes tour so you can get into the locker room you can't do that in Green Bay because where they practice is the Hudson Centre the Don Hudson Centre and they still get changed in that locker room so this isn't like United or Liverpool where they have their training ground the training ground for the Packers and the locker room for that training ground is effectively one and the same um, you'll see the Don Hudson Centre across the road but the Packer players still get changed in the locker room which is why they don't do tours in there however if you have contacts you can get in behind the scenes and that's what we're going to try to do for you also we have some contacts with players and we're going to try to get players down just to meet us and also hopefully get some of the uh, you know the famous Packer personalities down as well so if anyone out there is looking to do it on their own yep you can do it you probably won't get it for the same price we get it far cheaper because we get cash off um, and also on top of that you're not going to get any of the extra bits also but like what ryan says if you're not coming on the official one you can always go on a separate one and we'll try put you together with as many packer uh heads as we can to send you over but look that's it for this week so from myself at steedydnfl on twitter and from my old buddy ryan j peacock make sure you follow the group at uk packers and hit up our instagram we're trying to get it fired up again just search uk packers on instagram it's goodbye for this week have a great week